2: What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we got to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in five, four, three, two, one. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray, and that means I'm going to be the one talking about football with you. People, it is Thursday, December the 2nd, 2021, and I will be joined here tonight by my boys. I've got my boy Mike, who's my new Thursday night co-host, and because we thought Mike couldn't start till next week, we also got our boy Ross on. I'm looking forward to being on with the two of them. Tonight, we're going to answer these questions. How has Bill Belichick changed since Tom Brady left the Patriots? Is Antonio Brown's three-game suspension long enough? How misunderstood are those Buffalo Bills fans? Kamara's out for a fourth straight game. Do the Saints even have a chance of making the playoffs? Adrian Peterson's dad is upset that the Vikings didn't want to re-sign him. Why would the Vikings have any interest in Adrian Peterson? Is there any player more important to his team than Lamar Jackson? And is it too early to declare the patriots quarterback mac jones the rookie of the year we're going to talk about all of that here on talking football with ray but before we get started i need to hear i need you to hear about our sponsors over at newsbreak and when we return from that ad we'll get the show going Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak, covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So, download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win win for everybody. So, please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. Of course, you can find my content all over the internet. Find me on YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, Patreon, all those podcast networks, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And, of course, you can find the podcast and my blogs over at DeanBlundell.com. Make sure you come check out my exclusive content on the Ray Route Patreon page www.patreon.com/dpn sports. Links are in the threads in the description. No matter how you're watching or listening to this show, make sure that you hit that like button and if you haven't done it yet, follow me on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on the podcast. As I said, I'm with my boys Mike and Ross. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Lovely buddy, how you doing buddy? I'm doing, doing good. Great. Well, thank thank you both for being here, Mikey. You uh you changed it up on us, man. You weren't supposed to start until next week. All of a sudden, boom! You're like, I'm here tonight. Yep, I'm
1: in. <laughs> work uh, emergency got me home. So that's me with you guys.
2: So you were supposed to be on vacation, and work was like, nah, get your ass home.
1: Yeah, I do some do some computer stuff. So when uh stuff goes awry. <laughs> They call me they call me back home, man. Was that was
3: that for Antonio Brown's fake ID?
1: It, not supposed it, to say
2: anything. It had to be for the ID. <laughs> Did you make the ID? Be honest with us.
1: Yeah. All right, all right. I do have a printer. All right, all right. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> we knew
2: it. I knew it. I knew it the whole knew time. It. Knew it. Uh we are gonna get into that tonight. But uh Ross, thank you. You were supposed to be pinch hitting. Now you're, you're still kind of pinch hitting, but now we're just uh we're chilling out. Three guys talking football. So uh appreciate you you coming out, man.
3: Not a problem, brother. Not a problem. All
2: right, guys. So let's get into our first story that I want to head ahead cover tonight. So there's been a really distinctive change between both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick ever since Tom Brady left the New England Patriots. We saw it with Tom Brady a lot last season. He was smiling a lot more, a lot happier. He appears on the Howard Stern show. He has a few too many avocado tequila shots. He's throwing the Lombardi trophy across the ocean from boat to boat. (laughs) However, we've seen like change with Belichick too. And I'm not just talking about like a subway commercial. We're talking like Cam Newton joins the team. And he's like, he's dancing he's putting out these outrageous outfits. Belichick is looking a little bit happier. Newton leaves the team this year. Belichick's joking with the media. He's smiling. He's being complimentary to his players, something that we're not used to seeing. And then like, as we kind of like roll through this whole thing, this video comes out last week of the Patriots celebrating after the Titans win. And Belichick is just loving it. He's stiff farming Kendrick Bourne. He's having a great time. Mike, I'll go to you first. What changes have you seen in Bill Belichick since Tom Brady left? And what do you think has brought on those changes?
1: Yeah. So if you if you look at Bill Belichick, especially in the uh post-game stuff, he does look to be having a little bit better time, you know, kind of enjoying his team a little bit more. Um, I actually think it has a little bit to do with um, you know, Cam Newton last year, you know, changing up his energy, bringing in some of these free agents. I, I, I don't think people are, are, or I should say, I think people are too hard on Bill Belichick for being this tyrant. I don't think he ever really was. I think he's just softening. I think he realizes, you know, there is room for him to have fun and, and be successful in football.
2: Ross, what have you seen out of Belichick this year? that's maybe surprised you.
3: It's not necessarily anything that surprised me. I believe he's that type of guy who he always has been. He's always the type of guy who preaches complimentary football, uh, celebrating as a team, bringing a team together in every phase of football. I just, I always thought he was that guy. It's just, he never really has had the opportunity to actually show those things. And I don't think he's ever really needed to. So so this has been that chance opportunity for him kind of to have those unique experiences with the team. Do you think a little bit of this could be, so I, I have one theory that I think
2: perhaps the pandemic may have hit him a little bit, you know, um, especially I've noticed the, the effect it's had on a bit of older people. Like some people have gotten really miserable because of lockdown, like when the lockdowns are thinking where other ones like took this new embrace on life. Like I'll never say never again, or I'll never say tomorrow again. <laughs> like we got to live life for the moment. Or could the other reason be that, I know Cam knew I, I agree with Mike like Cam brought a little bit of energy but there's a very different energy in this Patriots locker room now you've got a rookie quarterback you've got Matthew Judon. you've got these young receivers like Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers who are having a good time you got these two young running backs like the team has gotten younger and younger and younger over the last few years do you think Mike I'll ask you for this first do you think some of the youth in this team has brought some of the life back in Belichick
1: yeah so I was actually just going to say and I kind of commented on this the other day. I think Kendrick Bourne has brought such such an element yep. to this team as far mm-hmm. as energy on and off the field. Everybody seems to enjoy him. I know even before we got into the season, seeing some of like his pre, you know, I'm joining the Patriots. I'm super excited type of videos have a lot to do with it. Matt Judon has a great energy about him that uh you know, for a veteran, it, it, it is, is wonderful. You know, I, and I, I, do, I think, I think that's making Belichick enjoy football a little bit more. And it, it could have, have a lot to do with him bringing in a team being su- successful. I think they changed up a lot of things in the off season, and that could be something we talk about in the future you know, maybe him uh, by him, I mean, Bill Belichick, you know, opening up his process with the draft and some other things, you know, maybe it realized made him realize he doesn't need to have such a firm grip on everything to be successful. You know what I mean?
3: No. I, I would, I would like to emphasize the fact that I think BB has always been the same person, but I think McDaniels has had to take the most of the load on having to adjust because not only, you have to adjust to a Cam Newton led offense, but now a rookie QB, two rookie running backs, and just restyling the entire offense around them. If anything, McDaniel's has had the toughest task of adjusting. While I've been the most, um, let's just say um, complaint, I've been complaining about him the most. But at the end of the day, this is a process. I'm going to call it out when I don't think he's good. But again. He is the coach right now. He's the offensive coordinator. I just want to see him do better, but he's had the harder task. So Antonio Brown was handed a three-game suspension
2: today as long as well as uh, a couple of other players. And the reason that Antonio Brown was suspended was because he violated the NFL and the NFLPA's COVID-19 policies. And basically what he did was he faked his vaccine passport and I I don't like seeing it. I I did get a little wry smile on me because Bruce Arians was very smug about his entire team being vaccinated. So, and and he's a he's kind of a smug coach. So it was good to see that little bit of a knock to his team. However, so it gets announced today that he's going to take a three-game unpaid suspension. He was going to be out for two weeks anyway. He's just not going to get paid any of his guarantees for it. But one thing that also I saw, which kind of captured my attention, was that it was him and I. I'm sorry right now. My name is blanking on the other guy. Um, They both just accepted the penalties and they weren't going to appeal them and they were just going to take the three-game suspension, which basically is because the NFLPA, it was one of the people who were instrumental in implementing these COVID-19 policies and they were broken. I'm not here to debate whether somebody should be vaccinated or not. I'm here to debate, hey, you pretended to be vaccinated and this is different than Aaron Rodgers in my opinion because Aaron Rodgers kind of misled the media but there was no fake vaccine passport or fake receipt saying that he had been vaccinated uh we say passport here in Canada I'm not sure what you guys say in the states but you know he he showed paperwork that was was fake Mike I'm going to start with you or no Ross I'm going to start with you sorry what's the biggest difference between what Antonio Brown did and what Aaron Rodgers did in your opinion
3: well, this is another case of Antonio being Antonio, like the, the rest of the NFL jokes about. The difference is, is he provided forged documentation. So, again, legally speaking, he has no excuse. If at least he owned up to it like a lot of other players had and just said, I'm not going to do it, at least his organization, the NFL, could have worked around that. But instead, he took a route which was completely wrong and – in my opinion, pulled an Antonio, at least in my opinion.
2: So looking into that, he pulled an Antonio Brown. Obviously, he he served an eight-game suspension the previous season for uh, his off-field antics that, that went off for a couple of seasons. He was accused of uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault. Then he was accused for physical assault. Then that video came out of him throwing, I think he was throwing like candy at his his children's mother. It, it just one meltdown after another. The whole Raiders meltdown with Mike Mayock. Uh, I'm going to turn to you, Mike. And again, we're not getting into the vaccine debate, but we're getting into the breaking of COVID-19 policies with the history of Antonio Brown. And then again, not just breaking policies, but providing fake documentation. Do you believe that a three-game suspension was long enough for this?
1: Um... I'm still kind of on the fence about this because, because again, even though we're not debating anything about the vaccine, it it you are you are misleading people and potentially affecting their health and the health of their family. Um, and I do think it is related to Aaron Rodgers in a way. I won't go too much into that because we could talk about that all all day long. I um, long story short. I think three is enough because he, you know, him and these few others seem to be, I don't want to say the only cases of it, but the only cases we found out so far, I think let this be an example to people. If they're hiding something, rectify it, or at least come clean about it. And then maybe you go from there. The only reason I kind of have a problem with it for AB is it's more of AB being, you know, kind of AB, like, uh, you know, we alluded to with bad behavior. Mm -hmm. And, again, it just doesn't sit right with me that you're potentially affecting people's health negatively. And then, you know, to your point, Ray, uh, Bruce Arians going out, puffing out his chest, saying my whole team is vaccinated. Why isn't yours? Well, your whole team wasn't vaccinated. So thank you. Good luck to you.
2: Okay, and I want to move on now to another group of people uh, that, especially the Patriots fan base, which the three of us happen to be a part of, have a lot to say about. But I do want to talk. I want to talk a little bit here about the Buffalo Bills fan base, the quote-unquote Bills Mafia, and and try to really figure out who these people are. And how misunderstood they could be as a fan base, because when I break things down, when we get away from the table jumping, when we get away from them throwing um, sex toys onto the field, when we get away to some of the antics that we see happening at at you know their their home stadium or at their pre games, uh, we know a lot of good Buffalo Bills content creators. Obviously, Mario, my Wednesday night co-host from hashtag Sports. Uh, I we have rico over from buffalo fanatics and actually all those guys in buffalo fanatics are great dan mitchell from the dan mitchell show he's great um but a story came out the other day and then i saw Tradavius white talking about it today so Light white gets injured and they raise the bills fans hundred and eight thousand dollars for a local food bank in his community and this isn't a one-off for the buffalo bills fans every time and it's opposing teams uh I think it was uh, last year or two years ago, Lamar Jackson suffered a concussion and they raised money for his local community. And they do this every time somebody gets injured, whether it's a Bills fan or not, or a Bills player or not. And I'm just wondering, like Mike, so I'll start with you. How misunderstood are Buffalo Bills fans? Is this just a passionate fan base that's really just been so bad since the 90s that they bring this impression of who they are, but deep down, they're just really kind of,
1: they're okay people? I think Mario mentioned it the other night. Uh, You know, obviously a really committed fan base you don't stink for the better part of you know let's just call it all you know 20 years um and be that committed that stadium is always full they're always ready to go and listen that's that's one of the most brutal stadiums in the winter time you, you know to be at period other than maybe minnesota and green bay you know so you can't you can't not be a good fan And show up there. And obviously, you know, if they're doing this kind of stuff, hats off to them. Because I don't know if I've ever seen uh, Patriots fans really do this in mass, you you know, uh, Mm -hmm. every time somebody gets hurt or something happens. Not saying it doesn't happen, but definitely not this often. So.
2: No, I don't recall it either. And and so Ross, you you you're like me, you interact with a lot of Buffalo Bills yep. fans. You and I are we're we're warriors on Twitter against <laughs> them, but we also know some of them as a personal relationship. Are, when we think about the let's say the bad side of the Bills mafia, are we just thinking about a, a small minority and the is the Buffalo Bills fan base I guess just a misunderstood fan base? I'll I'll pretty much put the same question to you.
3: Well, here's the thing. I have a lot of sympathy for the Bills because I grew up in an era of steve grogan doug flutie us being the joke of the nfl no stadium no championships we almost moved to connecticut and st louis you know (laughs) bills fans bills fans are i respect them for the fact that they stick through everything through thick and thin and in the worst of times worst of times just like i have i will always have a soft spot for those guys because again they come. They come every year. They don't. They don't let up on us. Even though no matter how many championships they win, we win. Um, they always will put that fight up. But you can always respect the, the fan base for the fact is that they never give up on their team.
2: Yeah, and it's good. And, and I mean, when you talk about fans not giving up on their team, I mean we saw Patriot fans give up on yes. their team after one bad season. You know, and, well, and these, uh, Tom Brady were...
3: left. Yeah, you know? guys
2: who guys who grew up in the Tom Brady era suddenly weren't and, and I had like, like I had no issues with people who went over and cheered for Tom Brady, but were mm-hmm. still Patriot fans. I had issues with the people who suddenly changed all their avatars, were no longer Patriot fans, were doing nothing but trash talking the Patriots after they've been fans Thank for like, you. 15 years, right? Thank um, you. It just showed how fragile the bandwagon was and and where the true kind of Patriot fans stood.
3: Yeah, because the old school guys like me, we've we've stuck through in the times where we just we didn't have a stadium. We didn't have a stadium (laughs) at one point. You know, we were again talking about them moving to Connecticut. It was like one of the most embarrassing times for our franchise. And I will just say, you know, Bills fans, they're real fans. I will always give them credit for that. All right. I need to move on stories here.
2: So a story came out today that Bill Belichick he's one of the favorites to win coach of the year because there wasn't a lot of expectations in New England uh, and they were talking about it on on ESPN. And basically they said like Bill Belichick should be coach of the year, should be executive of the year. And the Patriots, people watch out for the Patriots. It could be the most dangerous team. So I'm looking at all the Twitter response and and there's a lot of people upset saying John Harbaugh, especially Ravens fans. John Harbaugh should be in the conversations. The Ravens have dealt with a ton of injuries. They're still sitting at the top, you know, at the top of their the AFC North, all that kind of different stuff. And I kind of sat back and I thought about it and I responded to a couple of them. They never got back to me because I wanted to hear their opinion to my remark, but I said, I don't necessarily know if this is all about, this is John Harbaugh or if this is more about Lamar Jackson at this point in time, I'm still okay to entertain Lamar Jackson as the MVP because I've watched that man single-handedly win a game when both his defense and office can't do anything where he just kind of provides the spark. We, I know they won in Chicago, but the bears kind of bared themselves. You could see, how badly they were missing Lamar Jackson. And I think it's easy to say, look, if any team is missing their quarterback, it's going to be bad. But we saw, you know, the Patriots go 11 and five with Matt castle could be an off. Cause we saw them also go seven and, and, and 10 with, or a seven and eight, nine, whatever with um, Cam Newton. But when I really think about it, when I sit back and I look at it and Mike, I'll start with, or, or I'll start with you this time, uh, Ross, is okay. there any player more important to his team than Lamar Jackson?
3: Yeah, when I looked at you know, the, the, the question posed, it was just other than the defense when it actually came to play, he's literally holding that offense together. Could you imagine what the running game would be without Lamar Jackson? Like everyone's picking on him because he's throwing picks and trying to play hero ball, much like Josh Allen at times. The problem is, is he's the only one trying to create production on that offense. And you're going to see a lot of ugly play when that happens, when guys are forced to play hero ball. You see it all the time. You see it with the kid from the Chargers. You're seeing it with Josh Allen. It's just is what it is right now. He's holding that team together. God bless him if he ever goes down.
2: Yeah. And not only is he holding that team together, he has them at the, at the top of the division or the yeah. top of the, you know, the <laughs> top, yeah, the top of their division. And they're in a playoff spot. And I think it's 100% because of Lamar Jackson. So Mike, let me just pose this exact same question to you. Can you look around the league and say, there's a more important player to a team than Lamar Jackson?
1: The only person I think other than Lamar, you could make a good argument for is maybe Aaron Rodgers, because the defense is about just as, just as strong, if not as stronger. And being in a stronger conference right now. Which, but didn't they the win
2: didn't they win their game handedly over the Cardinals without Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't think they did, did they? I thought they won their game without Aaron Rodgers. Maybe I'm wrong. Sorry. Continue. Continue.
1: And so uh Oh, again, sorry, what... no, they
2: lost. They lost bad. Sorry, Jordan Love is a re- yeah, Jor- So I'm so correct.
1: that yes. that's that's my only point is you have a team with Aaron Rodgers that is missing, you know, X amount of starters for the last couple weeks and he is still somehow carrying them to victory. So he is elevating people on that team. I I would say Lamar Lamar is still slightly in the lead. I think that's a good way to put it because that whole offense right now runs through Lamar. In other words, he's their running game. He's so dynamic. Not that Aaron Rodgers isn't, but I think it's kind of like one and one a, you know, I, I, Mm -hmm. I would, again, the only reason I may give the slight lead to Lamar is he is that team's running game essentially right now. But Aaron Rodgers, if he wasn't there, I think Green Bay goes from like Super Bowl contenders to, you you know, kind of sit in middle of the pack because okay. they're, they're back up so bad. Real quick,
2: if you guys, and I'll start with Ross, if you guys had to choose an MVP of the league right now, we I think Tom Brady's up there, Jonathan Taylor's up there, I think Lamar Jackson should be in the conversation, probably Aaron Rodgers, because if we're saying, because the MVP means you're the most valuable player, and we're kind of saying right now that Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson are the two most valuable players to their teams in the NFL, right? Who would you pick? I'll start with you, Ross. Who is your pick? It doesn't have to be that four. You could put another player in there. Who would be your pick for MVP if the season ended today?
3: i go Lamar just because he's holding that whole team together on his back, throwing his body against everything, just trying to make it work. Um, I got I to gotta hand it to Lamar right
1: now.
2: Mike, how about you? If you had to pick one player the season ended today, who's your MVP?
1: I'd have to go with Aaron Rodgers. I'd have to go Ooh. with him. Even
2: over like I, Jonathan Taylor?
1: Yeah. I mean, if the Colts were performing a little bit better, no offense to Lawrence, you know, we've had this conversation a couple times. No <laughs> offense to the Colts fans that I've been talking to a lot lately. Here's the thing, okay, with Jonathan Taylor. If Jonathan Taylor had run them to victory the other night, and I'm not saying it's his, his fault that they didn't get an opportunity, I would say potentially. The reason no. I have to put Aaron Rodgers out in front right now is again, I think the disparity between what he gives to that team versus like if if he gets hurt tomorrow their trajectory again goes from super bowl to like man they might even just fall out of the playoffs real fast cuz they might lose their next four games like i i can't i can't put it any other way okay um fair yeah.
2: enough fair enough all right i do need to move on here mm-hmm. uh We'll, we'll spend just a little bit of time with this. So Adrian Peterson signed with the Seattle Seahawks practice squad. Uh, I did cover, I did cover this story last night and I actually did write a blog as well on Dean Blundell.com today, begging Adrian Peterson to retire because I want to remember Adrian Peterson that ran for almost 300 yards in 2007. I want to remember him as the throwback. I want to remember him as probably a top three running back ever in the NFL. And I mean, it just, you have to throw the respect on the guys like Barry Sanders, uh, to put them on the top. So Adrian Peters is this legend and now he's on the practice squad. He'll probably get called up. He's going to go on a team with no offensive line, but Adrian Peterson's father comes out and he was upset because Dalvin cook is out right now and he's not out for the season, but he's out for, for a few weeks. And I, I believe they actually have him listed as week to week. And Adrian Peterson's father is upset that the Vikings didn't call Adrian Peterson. And I'm just, my th- question is why would the Vikings have any interest in Peterson? I'll throw it to you, Mike. Can you think of a reason why the Vikings would want to bring AP back on the team?
1: No, other than a pure nostalgia moment to get him in a Vikings uniform, absolutely not. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, you know they had two uh, rookie running backs, basically replacement running backs last week play against us and they played way better in tennessee he, in tennessee right, right where, he in tennessee. Cut, that, where he was where he was midweek yeah I, i'm i'm <laughs> sorry this other, uh, other than a nostalgia moment this this is really weird you, you get a 36 year old man's father saying like oh you, you should have hired my son that is so strange to me like yep what's going on that, i'll turn it to it, you, ross what are your thoughts on it you know, it's it's kind of harsh because if
3: this is, like, his last, like, maybe one or two years in the league, I think it's kind of cold that the Vikings just didn't throw him a bone to bring him back for all that he did. or was it, 10 seasons? You know, and, seasons. like, I, I understand the productivity was down for, like, four years, four solid years of less than a 1,000 yards for a running back, and especially someone who's going to take as much cap as him. I, it's just sad. It really is. I want to remember Adrian Peterson the same way you did just that crazy good running back. And unfortunately we're going to just see him burn out at this point. All right. we're going to have
2: to move on here and get to our final subject of the evening. It's one fast boys. Probably one of the fastest ones I've had. <laughs> I don't have any of the stats in front of me, but I've been seeing the tweets all week. Mac Jones is sitting number one or two in almost every category over like the last eight weeks. He was also picked as the rookie of the month for the month of November offensive rookie of the month for the month of November. The only other sort of offensive rookie that was really pushing him for the M for the rookie of the year chase was Jamar chase, believe it or not. And I think at this point he is kind of fallen behind. So let me ask you guys, is it too early? Ross, I'll start with you. Is it too early to declare Mac Jones as the Rookie of the Year right now?
3: Absolutely not. If he stays on this trajectory, there's no reason to give him that title. He's come in, done his job, he's played very well, and he's not made stupid mistakes, which usually rookie QBs do. He's fantastic. I can't can't say I can be any more happy with him.
2: Michael, throw to you, is there an argument right now to say that Mac Jones shouldn't be the Rookie of the Year, or right now is, is it his
1: to lose? I think it's his to lose. it It may be a little too early to say, you know, if for some reason Cincinnati goes on this tear for the next month and the, not that I think they will, but if the Patriots were to like lose three of their next four potentially, you know, then you could have an argument. But I think if you take some factors into account, no, I think, I think it's definitely max to lose.
2: So I'm going to ask you both a question because you've both been very critical of Josh McDaniels this season. And I felt like out of the three of us, I was the one who kept standing up for him. So I'm going to start with you, Mike, and I'll let Ross, I'll give you the final word of the day. Uh, Mike, how much of Mac Jones great performances that we've seen are because of Josh McDaniels?
1: Oh, this is tough. This is like a dagger in my heart. You know, I don't want to give (laughs) Josh McDaniels any credit if I don't have to. No, but seriously, listen, and I think I said it on the Patreon uh, chat two weeks ago. I'm willing to concede. I think Josh McDaniels has done a good good job with Mac Jones. I think Josh McDaniels still needs to do a little work um, down in the red zone for the Patriots, but I think he has done a great job of even last week, you know, we were questioning uh, Jonu Smith, get, getting Jonu Smith involved. I, I, I really do think he's doing a much better job. And I think, it'll you know, alluding to what you kind of mentioned, I think he's figuring out his team. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him his props when they're due for sure.
2: All right, Ross, I'll give you final word on your boy, Josh McDaniels. How much credit should he be given for Mac Jones' progression throughout this season?
3: A very good amount of it. He's done a lot better since the beginning of the season. I was the first one to complain about the way he was play calling and not putting him in a position to be successful. As the season has gone on, they've both figured a way to gel together, and they've started making magic happen. All I wanted McDaniels to do was to get better. I wanted to see it improve, and it has. Again, he's done everything I asked of him. He's putting his team in a position to win. And I like what I see right now. All right, all mean... those screens. <laughs>
2: All right, everybody, that's it for Talking Football with Ray. Thanks to my boys, Ross and Mike, for joining me today. I look forward to chilling out with Mike next Thursday. Don't forget to check out all my content that's floating around all over the internet, YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, Patreon, all of the podcast networks, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, you can find my podcast and blogs over at deanblondell.com. I will be back tomorrow when I have something uh, fun lined up for all of uh, my Friday shows. Members of the Patreon page will have the opportunity to join me in a hangout every single Friday and we'll just hang out, talk about football and once the show go- goes off air, the hangout will continue like basically for the rest of the night. It usually goes 3, 4, 5 hours. Um, so I, uh, thanks to my sponsors over at Newsbreak. Make sure that uh, you support the channel and the podcast by downloading the free link that I've left in the description and in the threads ch- and um, make sure you go check out my exclusive content on the Ray Route Patreon page www.patreon.com slash DPN sports links are in the threads and descriptions no matter how you're watching or listening to this show make sure you hit that like button and if you haven't done it already follow me on twitter subscribe on youtube subscribe on the podcast and until tomorrow thanks for tuning in to talking football with Ray and remember you're all legit kid